so there's so, so many, and so, 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 and such, and such, uh, many uh, angles and dimensions to each and every person that escape uh, uh, immediate apprehension that uh, we could go on as we have been for thousands of years writing endless amounts of, of poems and, and, and philosophies and, and interpretations of, of human life and, and of uh, psychology and, and human nature and all of this. And there still would be more to, to say and would say the reason uh, or a way to think about that, why that's possible or why that's so is because we see only the appearance. Uh, we do not see the entire picture, meaning we look in the mirror and we say, that, that's me, right? And yet, no, we see a piece, we see the mirror, right? If we were to throw something at the mirror, it wouldn't hit us. Thankfully, it would hit the mirror and crack it potentially. Wouldn't hit us. So we see just the image of ourself. And further, we see that uh, at any given moment, we're aware of a very slight range of things. For example, I see uh, my office door, or I see my cubicle door, I see the factory floor, or I see uh, the, the farm I work at, I see, or I see the blue sky, I see a tree, I hear a couple of conversations, uh, so, some noise. Is that really all there is to me? And yet all of a sudden now I remember something from uh, 20 years ago, right? So I wasn't aware of that a moment ago, but now I am. Where was it before? Now I react in a way I never, I've never seen myself react before. Now somebody or something brings out uh, an, a kind of a, an emotional range in me that, that I was never uh, aware of before. So we see, we do not see uh, the entirety of ourselves either physically. We just see an image uh, uh, that we in the mirror. And we also don't experience the, the totality of ourself. And indeed, uh, we see that the more dishonest we are, uh, the more unconscious we are. And, and it is possible that we perceive the slightest, tiniest little bit of stimuli uh, in any given moment. Namely, what is my current rolling desire? Where do I get a bite to eat? Uh, and so forth, or whatever the case may be. And yet, obviously, the entirety of our personality doesn't go anywhere. Right? And that's why we see even this uh, uh, purportedly, quote-unquote, simple person uh, who has never really given life any thought, who has never really spent any time at all in, in considering him or herself, uh, who is not even aware maybe of his or her own existence, and is simply a con in a continual present rolled by a given, uh, a constantly changing or usually changing desire. If a person like this is submitted to uh, intensive professional psychological work, this could go on for years and years, and the person will continually uh, uncover uh, one layer after another layer after another la layer uh, of his or her quote-unquote psyche, of his or her inner being, uh, uh, whether it's, uh, it's the basics such as memories uh, to to personality traits, to uh, underlying beliefs, and so forth and so on. So we see that when we encounter another person, this is this, this is how it is, as it appears, by the way, of our own self. What we call our own self, whatever that really means. But when we encounter another person, psh, we encounter an even slighter sliver. By the way of ourself, we might at least feel maybe our stomach. Uh, we might at least feel an emotion. We might at least... Uh, kind of uh, have some minimal insight onto what's going on inside, even though that's not at all an expectation. And again, we may know ourselves much less than we know uh, another person. We may know a cartoon character, a comic book character, a, 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 um, a character from our favorite uh, TV show better than we know our own self. And, and consequently, a person that does understand human nature a little bit can know us within he can know us in principle without having met us much, much better than we know ourselves, and within 15, 20, 30 seconds can know us much, much better than, than, than we know ourselves. Why? Because, again, uh, we're a stranger 
to ourselves. But anyhow, this is the case by our own self, never mind by anybody else. We see another person. <laughs> we, we see the slightest, tiniest little bit uh, of what there is to uh, uh, the person. And it can take a, a lifetime of probing uh, the, the depths of, of an individual to really uh, get something out. Now, uh, having said that, uh, there certainly would still appear to be differences in in uh, in, in depth uh, as it concerns uh, different persons, uh, uh, from the very superficial to the <coughs> excuse me, to to, uh, uh, to 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 the less superficial. But having said that, the disclaimer we would offer is that it's not so clear that eventually, with any given person, we wouldn't reach very very deep things. Like we said, if we take uh, a person, it's one thing we take a, a person who is a purported or self-declared poet or, or a very, uh, what's it called, emotionally in touch, and then the person will be happy to, to talk for, for uh, years about him or herself, potentially. I'm this kind of person, I'm that kind of person, but even taking a person who would never claim any self-knowledge, and, and if we push hard enough and we push deep enough, we're going to uncover again. We can. It's like uh, thrown into the ocean. Uh, a, a stone on a, on a string, the string will just keep going and going. So it's the same thing. And it's not clear that there's a limit by the way of anyone, uh, right? Because we say, for one thing, um, uh, that uh, what we call reason wouldn't appear to be c- consigned to ourself, meaning I, I, I didn't make uh, something like two and two being four, uh, or the fact that more is more than less and less is less than more or two th- uh, something that's equal to something else is equal to something else. These basic rules of, of uh, what we might call logic or reasoning or conception, I didn't make them up. Right? I didn't uh, come up with them out of a hat. So it wouldn't seem fair to say that it, 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 for one person it's more, for another person it's less. It would seem we partake in these things based in, on our desire, on our needs. Another thing uh, uh, here is that um, what uh, has been called the, the unconsciousness, uh, uh, which is um, kind of has been "quote unquote" discovered, <laughs> probably in the twentieth century, at least as as the narrative goes. But in the twentieth century, by a number of of, uh, of eminent uh, psychologists, uh, and the idea would be that um, again we see that <laughs> without any kind of further thought or understanding, who would think that there's anything more to ourself than what we than what's immediately present? What's there to me? I, like I, I want to eat right now. I like uh, this TV show. I like uh, my favorite color is, is, is X. My favorite uh, music is Y. What, what's there to me? I'm a simple person, right? I have some anxieties. I have some stress. I have some fears. I have some insecurities. I can give you a basic narrative. Maybe uh, my parents didn't love me enough. Now I'm trying to prove uh, them wrong, right? Something I saw off a TV show maybe or read in the magazine in the psychology column. I can, I can do that. But what else is there to me? And yet, I would say that... Um, in the 20th century, uh, again, eminent uh, psychologists discovered, again, we're given just the narrative as it's, as it's written, and not to say nobody else has thought about these things, but as it's written, uh, discovered the, the presence of uh, um, a vast, unquantifiable, perhaps, uh, uh, reality that, that exists as it concerns each and every person, and, and that can consequently be pushed into, and, and things can be brought out of it. Right? And, and, and again, we see that um, a person, a person who thinks of him or herself as very, very simple, and then is in some kind of situation. Maybe there's some kind of uh, uh, movement. Maybe there's some kind of uh, uh, pressure, and a, and a person reacts and, and becomes something that he or she never thought uh, uh, he or she could become, and does something that he or she never thought uh, could be done, uh, and so forth and so on. So we see where's this coming from. Excuse me. And the term that it's easy enough to use is that of 
the unconsciousness. It's from the unconsciousness. The idea would be that we're the tip of the iceberg. We're aware of, of a tip of the iceberg as it concerns any given moment. And yet our being extends, quote unquote, it's not probably not literally down like as in directional, but it extends in an unlimited in, in direction, whatever we can say down. It extends to unlimited depth and we can keep uh, descending into that depth. But what does that really mean? from a philosophical to self say point of view, right? Because one thing we could do is we could use the term and we could just settle for it and say that uh, unconsciousness, it, it brings to mind something dark and mysterious. Uh, and maybe uh, I need to now study the different uh, pictures that have appeared in all of the different cultures in the world. And then I'll find something out about the unconsciousness from the cave drawings. Look, they're connected to this that I found in the, the manuscript 500 years ago. This kind of stuff, which has been done by very interesting people. Uh, but uh, another alternative would be to, to consider, logically speaking, what it could be, uh, to, what it can mean to say that uh, there's an unconsciousness. So we could take a basic example, which is, uh, the recollecting of a memory at one point in time as we perceive it that before we did not recollect. So, for example, I was not at all thinking of uh, the fact that when I was seven years old, I once got lost at the mall, but now all of a sudden I'm thinking of it and I can't understand why. I, I didn't, I'm not at the mall. I might be at work and now I'm just, for whatever reason, I'm thinking about it. Right? So, we would ask where, um, a way to, to, or a question here to ask. One thing is, why did it come up? And we could say, because maybe something, some unconscious uh, wire tripped. Uh, we saw something at, uh, that reminded us. We, whatever the case may be, we didn't notice. Maybe it was a color that reminded Who's to say? But another thing to ask is, where was this memory prior to us recollecting it? Where was it? Maybe we didn't think of it for, we're, we're, I'm 50 years old. Right? I haven't thought of it for uh, 43, right? We said seven for 40, 43 years. I haven't thought about the fact that I got lost at the mall, not even once. And now all of a sudden I think about it. So where was it 43 years? 443 years, 43 years worth of, of action and feeling and thought and, 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 um, and, and again, experiences and, and all these kinds of things. Maybe I've been to the mall hundreds and maybe thousands, well, maybe thousands of times. Who's to say? Since then, I've been on so many vacations. I've, I've started a family. I went to, I've had so many jobs. <laughs> I've done so many things. I've never thought about the fact that I got lost at a mall when I was seven years old. And yet now I'm thinking about it. Where was this memory? Right? Where's this memory? So the default answer is to say it was in the brain. It was in the brain. Right? It was encoded in the brain. But uh, such a, a view, nice as it sounds, and as much as we would perhaps prefer, at least in our laziness, for things to be that simple, it's problematic. For one thing, uh, anybody, people are yet to explain, uh, scholars are yet to explain how exactly the, the connections of insentient, ultimately insentient matter, uh, arranged in a certain way, can hold for 43 years uh, a very complicated scene. Uh, consistent of motion and, and emotions, right? Now, and I remember the fear I felt and colors and, and, and all kinds of things, right? So because ultimately here the narrative would go that uh, we have a, a brain which ultimately might have neurons on a certain level of, of analyses, but ultimately the, the neurons would be an epiphenomenon of of insentient matter, uh, of insentient uh, um, atoms, and ultimately whatever atoms are made of, uh, electrons and ultimately Higgs boson particles and ultimately vibrations or waves, whatever the la latest physics is. So, so somebody's yet to explain how exactly that can hold uh, uh, such a complicated thing. Right? And so that's a very good question. Excuse me. And while we wait for an explanation concerning that question, we can offer that 
whatever it is that we can know about our brain. It has to come across to us, obviously, as experience in every in the same way that everything else does. Meaning, I I have uh, a nice um, chocolate chip cookie and it's delicious, and I consider this to be an experience. I don't say that uh, something immaterial material caused. Who's to say even what to deny? It's just an experience, the taste, right? It's it's just an experience of mine. I feel hot. I feel cold. It's an experience of mine. So we would say. A more sophisticated view of things uh, uh, offers that we cannot draw a line somewhere and say that uh, certain things are experiences, colors, taste, um, pleasant music, right, pleasure, pain, and other things are not experiences. And other things are uh, something other than that. So, for example, if I see a rock, the fact that I see it is an experience of mine. Because if I close my eyes, it's gone, right? The photons have to uh, enter uh, my my retina, uh, ultimately, uh, my optical nerve, all these kinds of things. The image has to be formed. The colors are contingent on my eyes. If I'm colorblind, maybe the rock is painted fine because let's say it's painted a nice color. A colorblind person can't see that color. Contingent on my eyes, so many things. So that's all my experience. But the fact that it's impenetrable, the fact that it has a position in space uh, and certain geometrical properties, that's quote-unquote objective as opposed to everything else that's subjective. Now, we can mean objective in the sense of that it's a, it's a permanent possibility, to, quote-unquote, of, of experience, meaning it's always there. Uh, and and any time I return, me or anybody else will feel that my hand cannot pass through this. But so then we wouldn't call it a permanent possibility of experience. We, we wouldn't then say that it's something other than uh, experience, which is, the, the term experience then doesn't reveal what it is. It just says that it, what's, what it's not, which is that it's not anything other than everything else. It's the same thing as the color. It's the same thing as a nice smell. It's the same thing as a nice taste. It's an experience of ours. So we would say, consequently, it, it wouldn't be uh, have so much logical integrity to say that the world uh, is experience, but our senses are not experience. Our brain is not experience. Our brain and our nerves is the exception. So the world, quote-unquote, objectively, is dark and cold and insentient and, and um, totally unrelated to, to, to the mind at all. And uh, it's simply the brain and the nerves that are that are in this world that is uh, colorless and smellless and all this. And they're, they're somehow translating the, the, the stimuli into... Uh, in, into our experience, into our life experience. We'd say that's not a, a very solid uh, view, not a very consistent view. So the other view would, would hold it that uh, the, the brains, the brain, excuse me, and, and the nerves, uh, what we call the brain and the nervous system, uh, can be equally thought about as we think about anything else. It's a matter of our experience. It's not to say they don't exist, but they exist in the same way that a color exists to us, that that um, uh, the, the feeling of the rock exists to us, that a smell, a, 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 a nice uh, so- song, whatever the case may be, exists to us. Meaning, first of all, is me, and then is my brain, and then is my nervous system. Not the other way around. Most certainly, my brain and my nervous system do not cause me. I cause them. I create them uh, as a matter of my conceptions and, and as a matter of my experience. With that said, there's uh, a number of uh, immediate uh, things to say. For example, we see that we can uh, uh, give somebody general anesthesia 
and, and knock them out, completely knock them out cold. So if they're the ones that are making their brain as opposed to the brain making them, how is this possible? So here we have to be extra, extra careful and note the fact that uh, from my own perspective, said from each possible point of view, I'm a subject and everything comes across to me as an object, including everybody. So if I'm, say, a brain surgeon and I'm doing an operation on somebody's brain, that person comes across to me as an object. So the fact that I'm able to, excuse me, uh, or probably it would be my assistant, the, the anesthesiologist is able to put the person to sleep, that just suggests that I have my own kind of uh, life uh, uh, vision, right? I have my own time. It, my, there's not a single time where every single person is conscious. Every single person is in the same plane of, uh, of, of, of perception. I have my own time. And, and as a matter of uh, my experience, this person came across to me as a, as a uh, lifeless or, or unconscious uh, uh, just body, right? And yet from my own perspective, then I'm the one that goes under general anesthesia. How do I experience it? Three, two, one, and then I'm waking up wherever I'm waking up. So there's no break in my experience. Excuse me. And logically speaking, there cannot be, right? And no matter how uh, I, I think that I came across to somebody else. Maybe I was in a coma to other people for, for 20 years. Uh, but for me, uh, however that's experienced, maybe there was some sentience, but let's say uh, let's say not, just for the sake of argument. So then I experience it as I, uh, I'm in a coma. Boom, I wake up 20 years in the future. This quote-unquote in the future, meaning then I have to find out it's the future. It's a different date. Then I go backward and say, oh, I was in a coma. But uh, ultimately, there's only my experience. So that we have to be real careful about. Further, uh, we could say, but wait, what, what about the fact that we can alter our conscious experience with innumerable amounts of things, such as uh, alcohol and drugs, and coffee, for that matter, thankfully, right? Uh, and uh, concussions, unfortunately, and, and brain injury, and all kinds of things. So that appears to, to indicate that undoubtedly the brain is what causes uh, our, our subjective experience and ourself. So here we would say that, our sub- or we can say that our subjective experience is had in light of strict logical relations concerning appearance. So, for example, um, I, I understand that. Um, if I write out a word on a piece of paper, uh, let's say it's hello, uh, what a person sees when they read that, that word is not, um, uh, the, the, the meaning of hello is not on the paper. It's in the person's mind to so say. That just serves as a sign, right? Again, uh, it's in a the person who doesn't read English, sees hello, well, has no idea what it says. It's just a bunch of lines. So a person that reads it as hello, it's because they know that it means hello. And that's just serving as a sign. And yet if we were to take away this sign, the person wouldn't be able to, to, to think of hello in that spot or could off his or her own volition, but not in connection with anything seen. Understand? So uh, if we take the world as an appearance and, and, and ourself uh, along with our brain and our nervous system as an appearance, we see the appearance has to be consistent. And if we mess with the appearance, we mess with the possibilities of expression and visibility in, in, in the, the world of appearance. So, for example, we would say that coffee is to be thought of in the same way as what we mean by the term brain, and that two appearances can interact in a certain way, just like the uh, colors can interact and form a different color, just like one instance of visible extension, such as uh, uh, the, the sight of um of a, of, a, of a tree interacts with another uh, case of visible extension, such as the sight of a bird. We see the bird land on the tree and not go through the tree. One instance of uh, impenetrability, excuse me, extends with an, uh, or interacts, excuse me, with another such instance, for example, excuse me, 
a rock that goes through a window. It doesn't just, uh, you know, float through it. It, it breaks the window because that's the, these are the rules of logic. So certain things in our experience interact with uh, uh, the other things in our experience, namely the body, right? So we have, uh, we take a certain substance, we pour it into our mouth. We're going to alter our experience, a certain degree of, of uh, the visibility con- uh, concerning the the things whatever is between our ears is taken away it'll affect our experience uh, 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 or it may affect our experience right but that does not say just like if you take away hello it doesn't the letters hello it doesn't mean that the letters were the meaning hello it just means that the sign is no longer there it's the same thing we take away parts of the brain and it affects our conscious experience it doesn't mean those experiences were uh, synonymous with the brain it just means that the brain was needed in order to have those experiences just like uh, again a, a word is needed in order to, uh, to to bring that meaning to mind all right just like again fact the fact of two and two being four is not contained in the lines right think of how two and two is is, is written with the curve and the line and then plus two two, two lines Right, it's not contained therein. It's a meaning that that's not in the the text, and yet it is needed. That if I want to tell somebody two and two is four, I need to write it down or say it. So it's the same thing. We would say, excuse me, or a conceptual way to think about it. So consequently, we certainly would not say that the memory was contained. We kind of went off tangent a little bit, but probably was a good idea because now we see we cannot really say it's not logically sound to say that the memory of uh, um, us being lost at the mall. Of me being lost at the mall at seven years old was contain, is contained, quote unquote, in my brain. The brain is an experience. The memory is an experience. And it's not, and we cannot use one range of experience to conceptually, fundamentally account for another such range and say, oh, uh, it's because of, uh, the, again, hello is because of these lines. No, it's not. It's a separate thing brought to mind by these lines. You can't say the mind, the memories is because of the sight that I can see in an MRI machine or impact otherwise. No, it's not. We would say it's, an, but it can be impacted. Our conscious experience can be impacted by messing with that sight. So anyhow, what do we then say? So we'd have to ask, what does it mean to say that something does not exist at a given point of time? So for example, uh, we say that, um, that prior these 43 years before, the memory did not exist in, in conscious experience. So what does it mean that something does not exist? And what does it mean when we say, for example, I am not looking at an elephant. I'm not looking at an elephant. What does that mean? How? What am I not looking at, right? Why? I'm, so we would say here, uh, a way to think about it is that in order to, to make a negation, we have to make an affirmation of what it is we're negating. And the negation consists out of the comparison of the content of the affirmation and something else that we are experiencing. Let's break that down. So let's say I do say, I, I do not, I'm not looking at an elephant right now. What does that mean? Say that first I have to reference an elephant, the term elephant. And then insofar as it's not just a word, I can say I'm not looking at a blah, blah, blah right now. And then I just talked. But if I, I mean something about the term elephant, then I mean, say, a picture, a visualization, or an implied or possible visualization of a big beast, of a big animal, right? Uh, with big ears and big uh, and potential, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, ivory tusks and, and the, the, the big uh, trunk and all of that. That's what I mean, right? So now I, I reference that uh, image uh, or, or notion, and further I take a look at everything that I'm looking at right now. Say, again, I'm in, I'm in my office uh, or my cubicle, so I'm looking at one cubicle wall and another one. That's all I see. I see that what I'm looking at differs than what I've referred to as a matter of conception. And consequently, I say, I'm not looking at an elephant at this time. There is no elephant in the room. 
right? Uh, and there is no elephant in the room. But what that means is that I do have to, to, to reference it. Otherwise, there's not even nothing to say. That's just the only way I have to reference it. So consequently, in order to say that uh, there was no uh, memory of, of me getting lost in the mall for 43 years, it means... Right? What does it mean? It means that there's a point of view, there's a perspective where we say there is the memory of me having been lost at, at the mall uh, at, at seven years old. And, and now everything that I am experiencing or everything that is being experienced in this point of view is other than, excuse me, that memory. Right? So consequently, uh, we don't we don't want to read in too much in, into the logical implications here, but uh, the, the listener can do so per his or her c- capacities and desire. But we see that this is a more realistic view, perhaps, of uh, what it means to have an unconsciousness if we get what we're saying. Right. So now uh, the the idea would be that um, we uh, we have a slight sliver of the possible content that that is our own, and, and this sliver can expand uh, or contract based on our efforts and based on our honesty and self-knowledge meaning if I'm honest and I and I allow myself to to uh, to, uh, to to contend with all parts of my personality of all parts of my being uh, that that aspect of me which is uh, that that range <coughs> excuse me of conscious experience should continually be going up and I should be connecting to deeper and deeper parts of myself on the other hand I'm dishonest I'm not morally sound and cons- and constantly the lights are dimming excuse me in the vast bulk of my personality which would argue is still there somewhere is hidden and, and away from me and it may require years of professional work just to, to loosen it up a little bit and get it out and the idea would be that uh, or, or here we discussed a little bit the concept of the unconsciousness, uh, and, and, and in order to become as conscious as possible, we have to be honest. And in order to get to know another person, we have to not just take the appearance at face value, but really try to probe deep, uh, as deep as we can, by the way of them. All right, so we can think about it. Thank you for listening.